Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dads on the Rocks podcast. I am your host, Freddie Moss. Uh, it is February 1st, if you are listening to this on the day that it releases. Uh, Valentine's Day is in just a couple of weeks. We have something special coming up on the show in two weeks' time, so be sure to tune in for that. Um, and if you're listening to this after that, well, you're screwed. You'll listen to it when you can. Um, today's guest is uh, a very good friend of mine. And he has actually been on the show before, but now that I'm doing the show in a different kind of format, he was kind enough to come back on the show. Somebody that I like to talk to all the time about dad stuff in text messaging and things like that. And it is an absolute honor to have him on the show again. Ladies and gentlemen, my very good friend, my very good dad friend, Mr. Andre Fernandez. Andre, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to be here again. And uh, really, I'm excited for any excuse to drink on a Tuesday. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, Andre, you've been here before. You know the case. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? I poured a nice glass of Weller Special Reserve. It's very hard to find in Florida unless you spend a thousand plus dollars at uh, at ABC, I believe. Yeah, ABC, Total Wine. Those are the big ones. Yeah, but I have a friend who drives to Georgia and officially bootlegged a bottle for me. Nice. Where you can find it very easily. And- <laughs> Stuffed in his backpack and drove it over state lines. So Dave, shout out to you. Thank you for that. Dave, good call. Myself, uh, we're admittedly recording this a little bit uh, beforehand, a little peek behind the curtain here. We are still doing a lot of stuff here on, on my home front. We are currently boxing up my entire house. We have, I kid you not, five big boxes of toys for my kids alone. It is absurd how many things that we have in this house. Uh, we are currently in the process of moving. Uh, the house went up for sale yesterday. We are leaving in 10 days time. Um, don't want to give you too much of a peek behind the curtain to know what exactly a day that is, but we are leaving Florida very soon. Well, I think that deserves a celebratory drink. And by the way, what are you drinking? tonight? Uh, I am drinking the rest of what I have in stock. So that means I'm drinking all the seltzers that I absolutely cannot stand. Um, I'm drinking all the, oh, I already drank all the red wine because I like those. I drank all the bourbon because I like that. But now tonight I'm drinking a Chardonnay because we have a lot of white wine in our white wine cooler. And it is a, I don't even know, white Chardonnay. <laughs> I have perfect. no idea what this is. They That's all good- taste the same to me. It's it's not anything against the the makers. I'm sure they do a lot of good work in their craft my tongue just doesn't get it. So thank you, Chardonnay people. But to you, Andre, to you, Dave, to you out there, cheers. Cheers. Funny story about wine. So my parents are wine drinkers. My dad always buys these like super, super dry red wines. So when I would go to visit my parents in college, you just kind of drink whatever's there, right? So he would usually get me some beer or something and pick up uh, some Guinness or a nice stout or something for me. Right. And then once that's gone on date two, we'd uh, <laughs> we'd raid like the liquor cabinet and I was not refined enough to drink scotch or anything good he had in there yet. So I would just go out for the wine. So my palate for wine became this like, just so obscenely dry, like, like where you take a sip and your mouth's like, like it's just dry, you know, you know what I mean? Like your, your whole tongue is, it's like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a paper towel to the tongue. It's so dry. Yeah. So anything sweet is it just, it's like a, it's like drinking a Kool-Aid. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. We had, we were actually looking through our liquor cabinet and, and we decided that we wanted to start drinking everything that, that we have available. So like solid, we, solid college trick, by the way. Yeah, exactly. It's instead of a stock the bar, it's a kill the bar kind of thing. Exactly. So we have several weeks to do it because we're not 25 anymore. <laughs> but so like we went through the red wine pretty quickly and we had to like buy more red wine. And then we were like, we're leaving pretty soon. So we need to like actually drink what we have. We had an entire cooler full of white wine because neither one of us drink it. Like occasionally Steph will, will have like uh, so- something white, but she likes Prosecco and everything like that. But she drinks that all the time. Like if we get one, it's, it's gone. See, this well, is where you had a missed opportunity because you could make a lot of chicken dishes where you deglaze with it. And that's just an excuse to cook more and waste wine. Well, I mean, fair enough. But like, I remember uh, like a couple nights ago, she had a recipe where she used red wine, like, and we still had like a bottle of red wine and she used that. But like deglazing a chicken, I don't know what that means. I don't well, even know, me, I don't even know where to rephrase begin. it. Deglazing the paint. So you make something oh. where you saute vegetables, whatever, maybe, you know, make a chicken dish or like a, uh, you know, something with a white wine sauce and you can just, it's a good excuse to, good excuse to burn up the wines that you don't particularly like to drink. Like we have a, there's the same thing. I have a bottle of Chardonnay that's been in my fridge since, well, we moved in in 2014. So maybe 2012, it's probably bad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but Do not drink it. Yeah. But I'll cook with it still and it's okay. Yeah. I haven't died yet. <laughs> there's still time. We, um, we have like a bottle of gin in uh, in the cabinet that I actually bought specifically for a previous show because I know my guest, Jonathan Sunday, he likes gin. So I got the bottle for him and I haven't touched it since. That was like, I don't know, three months ago at this point. Um, and I haven't touched it since. Like I've tried to drink it on different occasions. It just, I can't do it. Yeah, I don't, gin, I don't, I'm not a gin guy. Gin tastes like Christmas trees smell. And I don't get, I don't get that. I, I get like a very, um, it it's trying to be alcohol during a time of prohibition. And if it was that time, it's okay. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. Like it's alcohol when you don't want to drink alcohol. That's the weirdest, weirdest did explanation. You, I've just given. <laughs> did you ever see the movie? Uh, Let's go to prison. I think that's what it's called. Um, no, but the, is that the one with, uh, Martin Lawrence? No, it's, it's with, uh, I think it's Dak Shepard and uh, Will Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Yes. Yes. And Will Arnett's like a. Uh, I don't know if it's that he's just really oblivious or that he's just a like a prick, but something happens <laughs> where he goes to prison and Dak Shepard intentionally goes to prison so he can try and kill Will Arnett. The, the premise I'm getting. At, yeah, it's it's the movie is like terrible but also very funny at the same time. <laughs> but there's a there's a guy who falls in love with Will Arnett. And he starts calling him Baby Duck. Again, I, I don't remember the premise. I saw it a long time ago. Such a weird, weird synopsis of the movie. I know it's and and I can picture the the guy who's in it. He's the same guy that's in uh, Sell Hard. Did you ever see that movie with uh, Jeremy Piven? No, no, not that I remember. Uh, have you seen Baby Boy with Tyrese? No. <laughs> oh my God, I don't, I don't, I don't know the actor. That's why I'm trying. It's the only other movies I know him in. Anyways, he falls in love with Will Arnett, and uh, he one of his things is he's like, um, you know, he's this like massive black dude. So everybody's scared to mess with Will Arnett because he's got his protector who's like in love with him. Um, and somehow at the end of the movie, it ends up that like him and Will Arnett are in a relationship. And what they do is they release and bottle the wine that they made in prison. And it's called baby duck winery. Oh, uh, but the humor is it. 
that they make it like they would in prison. So it's like made in a toilet bowl. <laughs> Just your, your, your alcohol for the sake of being alcohol. That's immediately what my head went to. It was like, Oh, it's baby duck wine. <laughs> but this is also gin, like a very widely accepted drink by yeah. everybody. Well, baby and duck wine sounds a lot better than it. Like, it I think I'd rather drink wine out of a toilet than drink gin. <laughs> Let me send that to big gin. Maybe they'll change the name name of their, of their drink. <laughs> It would be more appetizing. You're yeah. like, hey, we made this one in the toilet. What are, what are your other options? Uh, we got beef eaters. I'll take the toilet one. <laughs> we started drinking um, just anything that we had. And like the bourbon, like I'm, I'm a bourbon guy, obviously. So like I, I just kept buying more stuff that, that didn't have any effect on us moving or anything. But like there's Disarono in the cabinet too, yeah. which I used to drink a lot when I was 21. I, I like, I like this or I also, I haven't had it in, in a long time, but, and Stephanie's like, cause I think we got it as a gift and Stephanie's like, you know, I'd like to try that. I don't think I've ever had it before. And I'm like, it's kind of like a, a thing that you have after dinner. It's just like a, a sweet, yeah. almost like, oh, a, yeah, yeah. almost like with a, ice cream. a port. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That'd be yeah. very nice. Um, just like an after dinner sweet, like a single finger. And that's all you need. And, yep. but that's, that's not really her jam. Like she doesn't like that. Like after dinner, she would like to have her dessert. She, she doesn't want like alcohol after that. So, um, but I remember back in the day, like that's, that's what I would drink when I was totally of age to drink alcohol. And <laughs> when I did not know better, uh, but that's like something that I would drink. I, it's, I remember having other people buy drinks for me and it was like, what do you want to drink? Uh, Disarono. And they look at me like, are you stupid? <laughs> well, I think also if you think from the perspective of a, somebody who's definitely of age of alcohol, wink, wink. Yeah. Right. Your, your, your mindset's probably like, I'm going to drink whatever is going to get me completely fucked up for the yeah, lowest exactly. price. Um, so you're, you're, you are a sophisticated drunk. You're like, let me get something that's Disarona on the rocks. You know, do they have like any that? port wines? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're like, do you guys have Sambuca? Um, oh I, God. I, I drank Jack and ginger was like my, my jam. And I didn't understand why I always felt terrible when we were out drinking. And then mm-hmm. I realized I'm like, Oh, I could probably drink something better. And yeah. it didn't help. I felt sugar. And, but my palate's gone through like the wave of stuff where like, I would only drink yeah, yeah through, like different phases. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. And this 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 one's one that I think it's gonna stick because uh it's like the maximum effect for the minimum dosage. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It does. And I enjoy it. You know, like oh, I could get probably more banged up by having a four loco, but um <laughs> but I'm not gonna <laughs> feel good, you know. And this is I feel good every like good quality drink I have, I tend to sleep well too, so that's pretty cool. Can't complain about that as much as I like talking about alcohol, <laughs> it, it's a lot of fun. Um, but no, I did want to move on and talk about, um, something that I haven't had the opportunity to talk about before, which was, I've had you on the show before. It was roughly around, uh, July. I, Cause I think you were my second guest. I think you were, uh, July 1st of 2021. I think some, somewhere in that time frame. So uh, if I remember your son, Lucas, he was, I think, actually, no, I don't even remember uh, at this point. He, he would have been about a year and a half. I okay, think is yeah. the, 
I'm looking now. I'm trying to find the episode because it's. I want to say it was on right after your brother because I absolutely loved your brother's yeah, you episode. Were, I remember your you were my second episode. Michael, my brother, was the first episode, and that was yeah. June of 2020. And yeah. then I messed around with like other episodes where I was just talking by myself, and I didn't like that. But like you were the second actual episode. <laughs> yeah, you're right, July. Yeah, July first. Okay, yeah. so Lucas was roughly about 18 months at that point, and if I can remember correctly, that is. Certainly walking, almost talking, but not coherent at that point. Um, yeah. Starting to, to rationalize and, and talk, kind of talk to you and try and communicate with you, but not quite there yet. So at this point, it is for our listeners purpose, uh, February of 2022. He is two years old now. Yeah, about two, two years, two, three months, two years, three months. Or okay. So, so he's a so he's over two. And I remember for with my daughter, and I know I know girls and boys are different, but from two to two and a half was a learning, uh, a learning point where they grow quite a bit. And from two and a half to three is even more so. And then from three on, it's like they're just a person where you just talk to them all the time. So I'm curious to see where you and Shannon are now as opposed to where you were before. So what's, what's been the change and what's been the growth and how's that been for you guys? So I'd say for perspective at, at 18 months, my mindset of my kid was, wow, he's getting so smart. He's learning so much. He's using a lot of words. Um, some, not all of it makes sense as coherent, but, but for the most part, he'll kind of tell you what he wants and he's mm-hmm. using hands saying, you know, he's using sign language and things like that. So if he wants more, he'll do the sign language for more and please stuff like that. So um, Wait, before you go on, have you guys been like trying to teach him sign language or is that like, does he do that in daycare or have you guys been like teaching him that? So we actually taught him real basic stuff, but we mm-hmm. taught him sign language while we were eating. So that was like the stuff that we focused on. So when you go to give him, you do like the symbol for more and then more. Go to do more. And then, um, if I'm real quick, let's, uh, I can't remember what please is right now. Um, but like, thank you. And then yeah, thank welcome. you. Yeah. So, so we did that more and then, you know, water. So we're doing it more from the perspective of like, if you want something and you don't know how to verbalize it showing you, you know, the symbol just seems to be a quicker learn. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. And also really funny because when my kid was having a hard time saying more or, you know, hard time vocalizing he'll run the room he's going huh, huh, and he'll like yeah. tap his fingers and you look at him and you're like more more what you know so yeah so that's pretty cool it, but i'd say like it from from an 18 month perspective you're thinking like oh man he's he's doing so great compared to a year right because a year he's like basically non-verbal like they're they're verbal but they're not really verbal the same yeah. way they, they mama dad dad the real basic yeah. stuff um to now my kid is like when I think back at 18 months, I was like, he was a baked potato compared to what he is now. Like he is just, he'll run in the room. He'll say, dad, dad, he'll tell you what he wants. He points to books. He'll tell you like, um, he, his current obsession is toy story, which I'm really excited about because, <laughs> um, I was ready to give myself a self-inflicted lobotomy. If I had to watch one more Pokemon episode. Oh God. Um, Let's talk so about bad. that too later. It's so bad. I mean, I realize it's educational, but it's so bad. But, but he's he's on the toy store kick right now which is amazing because he knows like he pretty much knows like the entire intro to the movie he knows different scenes he like acts them out you know mm-hmm. this like this is now it's it's real right it's he's 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 
learning these things, not just from us, he's verbalizing it. He's now like almost at the parrot phase. So if you say a word, almost regardless of the word, he's trying to repeat it back to you. Yeah. So he's, he's just, his communication is, has improved threefold, I'd say. Um, which is also a bad thing. Cause now I have to really mine my, my F's and S's. Yep. I guess. But overall, I mean, from that progression, it's incredible. I also think there's some mild regression. And I say that in the sense of like, now that he's becoming more independent, he tends to have more tantrums and stuff. So like before, as ridiculous as it sounds, what I was really excited for my son to learn was whenever he would go to the bathroom in his diaper, he would say dad, dad, poop, which for those of you who do not have a walking kid yet, Mm -hmm. you realize how helpful it is for your kid to tell you they've gone to the bathroom in their diapers. They can be changed so they don't get diaper rash. So that's, you know, wonderful. Also when he wakes up from a nap, so like if my kid would get up from a nap and he'd say poop, I'd know like, okay, he's pooped in his diaper. So I need to go change him. And hence that's why he's up right now. Instead of like, I need to give him a few minutes so he can fall back asleep. Yeah. Now, uh, because he's doing other things, he does not want to tell you that he has pooped. He's become too busy. He's, he's so yes. like, he's so distracted that he wants to do other things as opposed to like fix the problem. Yes. If you, if you know that there's a dirty diaper, you will change him, which means he will have to stop doing what he's doing, right. which has become a protest. Yes. So like those are those moments. Uh, and also because he's keenly aware of more things when he doesn't get them, it pisses him off a little bit more. So like, mm-hmm. you know, before he would like, we've actually, this is a stupid story, but it's really funny to me. My son could not say the word skeleton, but it was the most adorable thing ever because it's during Halloween, he'd see Jack Skellington everywhere. And right. he would say Jack skinny and it started as quack skinny so he would see it everyone he'd go quack skinny and i'd go oh jack skellington and he'd go quack skinny and we would read him books we're reading him abc books and one of them was halloween abc and s says skeleton so i'd read him skeleton and i he'd go i'd go skeleton and he'd say skinny and i go skeleton and he would repeat back to me and go skinny <laughs> <laughs> And it was like the funniest, most adorable thing ever. And now he more or less knows how to say skeleton. He says he now he says skeleton, you know, so it's it's yeah. now it's more of a word. So like it's almost a little sad because now the the fake words that were really adorable are now becoming real words that are like, oh, he's just asking for stuff. And it's yeah. you know, it's still very adorable, but it's you kind of like you wish you'd savored those moments a few more times. Like I wish I heard him say skinny half a dozen more times because <laughs> it, it was just it was adorable, you know. Well, going back to what um, a previous guest, David, had said um, is make sure that you take videos, not not just pictures, but videos so that you can like hear that. And uh, just the other day, uh, I heard or sorry, on my uh, time hop or Facebook, Facebook memories or whatever, I saw a video of my daughter, Allie, who's four now. Uh, but when she was two, she had like oven mitts on and she was doing um, uh, patty cake. And she was like, roll it, pat it with Mark and Mark it with B, yep. put it in the oven for, and then she would do daddy and mummy and Sasha Bear and Andrew wasn't born then, but like yep. she would do herself at the end. She would go, Alu. She would always say her name, Alu, as opposed to Ali. And now my daughter like rationalizes things. She, she's so smart now. And, and she's probably stupid as a bag of rocks, <laughs> but like- she's- but she's smart. Like if you, again, it's all, it's all comparative. Yeah, exactly. 
but like compared to back back then she is leaps and bounds ahead of where she was and and to be honest she's she's pretty bright she's she's pretty advanced for her age for what it's worth but you don't ever want to compare her to another kid because you're either going to be getting a bigger head than you should Mm -hmm. or be Worried. full of anxiety that they're not <laughs> progressing. So like, you never want to compare them with another kid. Like we were doing with doing that with our son when, when he was like not sitting up at a certain point and the doctor's like, uh, we were, we were concerned because he wasn't sitting up yet. And my daughter already had, and she was like clapping and he wasn't. And the doctor's like, look, just knock it off. Don't, you cannot compare kids because they're, every kid is different. So we're like, all right, well, we'll take that to heart. And then he eventually got both of those things and other things that, that he was lacking in where Allie was. And, that, and now he's completely walking. He's walking way, way sooner all on his own prior, way before she ever was. So it's like, you can't compare the kids. So oh, uh, like the speech and, and the mobility and everything, every kid is different. And we're very fortunate because we've got a, we've got a great pediatrician. And I think that we tend to be the type of people that we worry too much. So like, I I think I try to, I think that more often than not, I am the type of person I'm like, no, everything's fine. And I think I say that out loud because I have to tell myself that because that's what keeps me calm. So people are like, oh, how are you remaining cool? But inside I'm like, yeah, I'm like having an anxiety attack. I'm like, my heart's a hummingbird. But I think sometimes it's just, I have to rationalize to myself when I say that. So, and Shannon's tends to worry a lot more than I do, but yeah, we have a pediatrician that is so laid back, which is extremely helpful. Cause we go in and we're like, Oh God, what's that? What is this Mark? And he, you know, and he's super calm. And that's been really helpful actually for us with development because he'll ask questions and we're just like you said, com- comparing to other people, but not necessarily in a bad way. We're comparing like the generalization the per- of where they should, or maybe should be. Exactly. And, and, you know, some like, for instance, we know a friend that their kid is about Lucas's age and um, maybe a few months younger and they've already put him in a bed. And I'm like, should he be in a bed? Should he not be in his crib? What's going on? And we brought him to the pediatrician. Pediatrician's like, well, how tall is he compared to his crib? And and I'm like, well, he's about, you know, chest crib comes up to his chest and he goes, has he tried to climb out? Said, no. He goes, well, leave him in the crib. Leave him in the crib as long as you can keep him in the crib. Like the, yeah. these are those things that you, you know, they don't need to jump these progressions the way that people think you do. That's, you know, it's yeah. even school. I'm like, do we need to send him to daycare? He's, you know, he's two. Do, does he need to go to preschool? And the, you know, pediatrician's looking at me like, dude, you need to take a deep breath. Like, it's fine. He's, you yeah, know, he's like, they're not going to learn anything right now. You know, just <laughs> daycare is fine. You know, if you can, if you can hold them out till three, do that. Like, you know, he's, so he's really good about kind of putting our minds at ease because we see other, you know, like social media makes it really easy to see what other people are doing. And then you're, yeah. you're immediately thinking, am I doing the right thing? Because yeah. you don't know, do they know something I don't know? Right. And then it turns out that we're all just have no clue what we're doing and we're just figuring out as we go along. Exactly. And I, and I think that's a really big thing. And that's, I was kind of like the, the biggest part of the, the beginning of this podcast was nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to make our kids survive until we're, they, they are of age to go out and do fun things with them and do different experiences with them. Like, but this first few years, we don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to make them survive and make, make them happy for the most part. And within reason. Yeah, exactly. If it were up to my kid, he'd eat crackers and cheese for dinner every single day. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Within reason, healthy, (laughs) 
make, make sure that they're alive by, by not just you, eating chicken nuggets. <laughs> that that's another great example. I think of uh, when I mentioned about like my kid being a little more stubborn now than he was before. <laughs> there's there's literally a day I can remember where we gave him regular crackers for the first time, uh, and you know we were buying like real fancy organic whatever, like cauliflower, made natural ingredient, whatever. And finally, I'm like, I'm going to give this kid a club cracker. Like it's, you know, he sees me eating a pack, he's due. (laughs) And he couldn't say cracker, so he'd say quack, quack. And he, so he has one. He's like, dada, quack, quack. And I was like, no, no, buddy, you already had one. He's like, quack, quack, please. And I was like, buddy, you had one. He's like, please, please, dada, quack, quack. He literally starts, like has a fit and he's crying and his face is covered in tears. He's like, please, please, quack, quack. And I'm like, this is the most heartbreaking thing on the planet. <laughs> um, you know, and then he gets one. And, and then I realize again, if it's up to him, he'll eat a whole sleeve of crackers yeah. and we serve actual food. Oh, and we learned no. What a terrible day that kids learn the word no. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Because it's not, it's not just no anymore. It's no, no. It doesn't matter what it's no. He'll like freak out, say no. And that's, oh man. Wouldn't that be erase. a fun idea is to, to have like a, a metal band and have the, like the chorus or or some like kind of backdrop be like a child be like no. <laughs> I can tell you, my kid could definitely do that. He he uh, he does not want to share with me. He likes to share with mom. But we mm-hmm. set up a little basketball hoop, and I was trying to give him play yesterday. And there's three balls, and he has two, and mom has one. <laughs> and I'm like, hey bud, can you share? And he goes no. And I try and grab one. I was like, can you share with daddy? And I take one, and he has a full-blown meltdown Aww. and then when he throws them and they roll to me he runs over and he's like share and he grabs both for me and runs away i was like i will jerk what is this uh okay so that brings up a, an interesting point um i've noticed that in the other parents that i've talked to the boys tend to go to the mom and the girls tend to go to dad have you noticed that um it sounds oh, like you have for sure yeah I, I think part of it too is it's um I think it's self-inflicted in some form or fashion mm-hmm. because I think whenever he, if he gets hurt, you know, like I'll go to pick him up, but I think mom's real quick to swoop in and grab him. Mm-hmm. So I think part of that creates a little bit of that, you know, a little bit of the habit, I guess I would say. Yeah. Um, but go also to the one right that's going to give you the attention kind of thing. Oh, for sure. But I do think a lot of it too is just, you know, he's a mama's boy and you know, that's okay. It's, it's worse when there are moments like, Oh, you know, it's time for bed. Can I have a hug? And he's like, huh? And he like leans into me. I'm like, Oh, gee, thanks buddy. But we have our moments where like I do daycare drop off and he'll give me a big hug and a kiss and he'll tell me he loves me. And you know, like that's like, we have our nice moments, but usually even if we're pulling up home, if I pick him up in daycare, he's like, mama home. I'm like, all right, kid. I see where I land. I'm over here chauffeur and you're around and you just want mama. Um, if it makes you feel better, it's, it's going to change uh, and then it's going to be a while. Uh, unfortunately, like he's a little over two. Um, my daughter was a very big daddy's girl for the longest time. Like, and she wanted nothing to do with mom. She was all about me and it. And I felt bad because, I mean, it was great for me because I'm like, Oh, I'm getting all the love and attention. But uh, my wife was miserable. She was very upset about like, you know, I, I birthed you. I almost died on the operating table for you, you little bitch. <laughs> but she, um, but she was, was so upset that, she, that she was not getting the attention and the love and affection for my daughter. And now that my daughter is old enough and daddy is 
pretty, pretty strict with her because she's four years old. She's a big girl. She needs to put her away her toys. She needs to eat her food. And daddy is very strict. I am the iron fist in the family and she will go to mom like right away. Yeah. I, I think it's probably our house too, to, to be fair. Like I'm the, if he's not eating, I'm the quick one to be like, all right, I'm just going to put some food on a fork and try and see if you'll eat it that way. Because like I'm, and I think I'm a little bit more that way because at home, I tend to be a little more rigid and it's not intentional. It's just that like, we, we've got a schedule to keep, like it's the only way that routine in your schedule and you got it. Like where, where, where a clock, you know, like the only way everything works is all the gears working in sync with each other. And that's kind of how the house has to run at least mm-hmm. in some form or fashion until he gets to bed. And then if we like all want to sit around and just be vegetables, like that's fine, but he's got to, we got to get him to sleep first before we, we do that. Right. Yeah. So, so I tend to be a little bit more on the rigid side and I think mom's a little more playful from that regard, which I never thought I would ever say between the two of us as, as parents or people, mm-hmm. like Shannon tends to be a little more serious than I am. And I'm, you're definitely like, the more playful type. Yeah. I'm definitely an idiot, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. Let's call a spade a spade. Like I am now 36 years old. I'm at the downswing of life. <laughs> like I've accepted who I am. I'm I'm a full blown idiot. Like I'm the guy that I will still probably set. Like what if I didn't have dogs, I'd still be lighting fireworks like in the street. Like I'm five. Um, <laughs> if there was a ball pit around, you would definitely be jumping at it. I do right now with his. <laughs> if nobody's home, like you know, I just belly flop into it. Yeah, it's rough though because it's only like three feet. So more often than not, I hit my head on the wall. <laughs> but it's like, it, but it's who I am, and I know like when he's a little bit older, and we can do more things that I can be a little more. Um, I don't want to say rougher with him, but stuff where I guess I worry less about like how breakable he is. Yeah, you know what I mean, like we can go ride bikes. Like I think that's going to be the the part where I shine or like we get nerf guns like all that stuff i think is going to be where we're in a better place for me for playfulness mm-hmm. because i think again i'll be able to be a little better about the balance um and shannon just is very good at being very nurturing and um you know she's good about like getting down to his level and playing with him and stuff like that and i think sometimes i have those moments where i'm like oh and you like he is too so he's probably not going to do a really good job putting stuff in his toy box yeah so. And she's good about like making it a game. And I was like, dude, your stuff's on the floor. What are you doing? Come on, let's go. You know, and I like sing and try and. <laughs> oh, one other thing. Biggest thing. This has been like my absolute. And I know you'll appreciate this because I've seen the video of Allie singing. Um, oh my God. Bleed American. Yes. If I remember right. Yes. Okay. So there's a musician that I love named Tom Mish and Tom Mish is like jazz type guitar stuff, but it's like very, it's, it's, it's a lot of guitar work and I enjoy guitar. All right. My kid freaking loves tom mish and when a tom mish song comes on he goes <gasps> and he'll like oh tom mish, that's tom so mish. good dude it's the best and he's like he sings the songs and like even other artists that come on like the shuffle tom mish radio he mm-hmm. knows like one of them's it's mac Ayers, and i say oh this is mac so whenever i know the artist i go lucas this is mac and the song come on he'll go oh, mac mac and he starts to sing the songs and like i'm not you know he just he hears them and he starts to sing them and to me that's like the coolest thing ever it's you know, I keep waiting for him to like, just recognize a song without me telling him who it is. And yeah. then I can be like, my boy's Mozart, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe just a musical prodigy. And that's how we find out. It, it'll come eventually when, once he gets a little bit older, like Allie was, was the same way. Like, yes, yeah, she was, she would rock out to like bleed American and um, the middle, like I'm a Jimmy world fan, obviously, but so she, she would, listen to daddy music that's what we called it and she would love it she would dance around and have fun 
but she was also very big at that point into Frozen and Moana. So she would do the same mm-hmm. thing. But like she also really liked the the daddy music too. But at this point, she could care less about what I wanted to listen to. She is Don't all, tell me that. <laughs> she is all about like her own like Disney songs and, and things like that. But okay, so Encanto just came out yep. uh, recently. Um, Good. Uh, Stephanie took her to go see it in the theater and she loved it. Stephanie told me that it was, it was really good. So, and like two weeks later, it was on Disney plus if, Mm. even if that long. So like uh, she got to see it at home and we, she has watched it. I don't know, probably 15, 20 times in two, two weeks. If, if that, um, and then I've seen it here and there, like I've listened to it as I'm like putting the dishes away or like sitting there with her, um, and I've heard it and it's so much fun. Like the, the movie itself is great. If you haven't watched it, check it out, but she will do, she's at the point now where she will sing the songs and she's gotten pretty good about picking it up, but she will like do the motions, like with the shoulders and like the hands and she, it's, it's very cute. But every time I see it, I kind of get a little sad that she doesn't listen to like daddy music anymore. Yeah. So it's, it, it kind of bums me out at the same time it's very very cute like because you see her being again that little sponge and soaking yeah, it up and mimicking it but and then did. they're being their own person right they they exactly. like what they it's, like it's what she likes it's, yeah. it's what she likes my kid's equally happy to hear the you're welcome song from by maui, maui. Moana. yeah yeah which is a surprisingly solid movie if dads have not watched it yet yeah go like, check it out yeah there's some <laughs> disney movies that are very tolerable that when you have them on repeat moana is one of them surprisingly good um but that one he seems to really enjoy it. Like he'll sing, you've got a friend in me. So that's as much as, you know, a two-year-old can sing the yeah. song. Um, but then at the same time, I was playing uh, Pet Symmetry came out with a new album, which I, know, I can't remember if I sent you. I've sent you some into it over at stuff, but it's one of the guys' yes. side projects. Yeah. The Pet Symmetry album came out and it was awesome. So I listened to it end to end during our walk. It's like exactly 45 minutes. So we would pretty much listen to it during an entire walk for us. I hadn't listened to it in a while. I got it on vinyl. I pop it on the record player and the first song kicks in and he just runs in and starts singing the, like the starting words of the song. And I'm like, Oh, oh my God. Yes. I was like, how does he even know this? I'm like, I don't even sing it on a walk. Cause I'm, oh. you know, I'm just, so that to me was awesome. I was like, yes. He's like, like this baby, I'm going to start playing him a day to remember now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for like the moment they turned around. He's like, this is a battleground. <laughs> let's go (laughs) can i side note can i tell you the time that we went um my friends and i went to go see um it was all american rejects a day to remember and blink 182 and it's such a great show right we were still pre-gaming when um uh, all american rejects were on and nobody cared about them they were actively playing and it like that's when like people were starting to filter in like nobody cared about about them i'm like i would have stopped drinking like an hour ago if i could have came to see their entire set like am i just that old like because i remember hearing about them when i was a freshman in in, in high school well like all american rejects i feel like it's a love-hate relationship because they have some really good songs but also at the same time it's like i feel like uh i feel like i have to be standing in a hollister store to yeah. be listening to it yeah it's like true. yellow card i love yellow card and you know, but also every single time I hear Ocean Avenue, I feel like I should pop my collar and yeah. spray on uh, frost. Yeah, polo sport. You know. 
Um, but no, a day to remember was was killer live. I mean, we were we were we did not have good seats. We had like lawn seats in the in the back, but they were great too. Can I tell you a funny concert story? Just yes, because please. I remember this now. So when I first moved to Tampa, Taking Back Sunday came in town, and if I remember right, it was like a really really badass show. It was like Thursday was opening for Taking Back Sunday, and oh, okay. um, I can't remember what one of the other opening acts was, but but it was a very solid show. And a buddy of mine in college, like neither of us wanted to admit how much we both like taking back Sunday that right. Cause I just think it's like one of those popular bands that you're like, no, no, it's, you know, I'm like listening to indie crap in college. And I'm like, Oh, listen to, it was like, have you heard of this band? I didn't think so. Like, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and then of course, like I'm listening to taking back Sunday one day and he gets in my car. And so we'd always give each other crap, but we both love taking back Sunday. And I said, if they play, there's no I in team. I'm going to crowd surf. So of course, like the third song that plays is no I in team. And I was like, I got to do this. So I was like, I said, I'd do it. So I go to the front. I, they boost me up. I jump from the stage. I crowd surf. I get back to my spot and, uh, or I'm sorry, I take it back. I crowd surf. I get on stage and then I have to jump off and get thrown off. And then so I go back to my spot. Right. And, uh, my pants tore from easily like my taint all the way to the top of my ass crack onto the belt loop. So I have a, <laughs> I have a hole that is, I can only describe as a solid foot in my pants like on the shorts that I'm wearing and like, they're basically shredded. Like you can see my underwear and stuff through the back. And that was like the third song of the set. <laughs> so, so I was like, I got another 10 songs with a very, 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 very cool draft. Cute without the deal. Cute without the comes on. You're just like my buttholes warm. <laughs> and pretty much I was standing there. I was like, <laughs> I was like, tell me to turn the AC on. Cause it's getting breezy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So that was a, it's a fun experience though. And I met the lead singer walking in Ebor. I've got a photo of him somewhere. I never got to, uh, I never got to see them. I, I remember going to uh warp tour 2002 and meeting um, the basis from newfound glory. It was, it was oh, just, that's a, awesome. it was just on a, like a, just a whim. And oh, who was the other, um, Andrew McMahon from, did you uh, really? Yeah. That's from, awesome. From, from, um, yeah, yeah. from something corporate, like, they were doing a show and I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of them yet. And they were just very small. They were on a big stage too, but, but they were like very small scale, I guess big for them, but like small, like in, in the grand scheme of things. And yeah, but still it's all piano rock, man. Yeah. They were like, they were the piano rock of pop punk. Yeah. Then they were so good. They were, they They were really good. They still are one of my favorite bands. Like back, back then, like something corporate, not Andrew McMahon. Like he's still good. He's got his things, but like back then. Jack's mannequins got some good tracks too. Yeah, they do for sure. Um, but I remember like after his set, he went like to the side and like, he just came out to like, I don't know if it was just to decompress or like sign autographs, but there was nobody there. It wasn't like he was expected or anything. I was just happened to be there as I was waiting for the girls that I was with. And and he came out and, and girls started like coming up to him. And I'm like, like before they started to come up and like, he came out and I'm like, I'm like, Hey, were, were you just, were you just up there? He's like, yeah, I was singing. I'm like, Oh, Hey, cool. I like, I was listening to you. I don't, I don't know if you guys, but like, that was, that was a good set. Um, and it's like, Oh, Hey, that's, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And like, he signed something for me. I felt so bad that I did not know who, who he was. <laughs> Like, but he was, he was a nice guy too at the time. I had that happen before. So I went to go see into it over it, um, which, so I have a very love hate relationship with into it over it because I think his music is phenomenal. Like he's probably one of my favorite musicians, but I've also met him 
probably about three or four times. And mm-hmm. every time he's been a complete asshole. Oh, so I like, I, I like, I kind of dislike him as a person. Like I literally, I bought an old guitar from him. I sent him a note and was like, Hey, what, you know, I was asking about a guitar spec and he's like, Oh, I have this one. I'll sell it to you. So I literally own one of his old pieces of equipment. He's one of my favorite musicians. And I think he is uh, an asshole person. Like oh. he's, he's not somebody who I think probably appreciates the fact that like people buy your music, like you yeah. exist, like you, you survive because people buy your music. Like yeah, you should exactly. at least be half appreciative, like, cause I'm appreciative of the music. So I don't, I don't know. Point being, I went to see him play. Kevin Devine was the, I thought the closer. So I was like, great, I'll go see into it over it and then dip out before this guy plays. And then it turns out into it over it and him would rotate headlining every other night. So he was uh-huh. closing. So I'm like, well, I have to sit through Kevin Devine's set, whoever this guy is. And he was so ridiculously good. And I walked over to him after the show and I was like, Hey man, listen, um, I know of you, but I've never really listened to your music. Like I'm not a big fan or anything. And I was like, but I just want to let you know, I'm like, that set was incredible. Like that, like I, I'm going to go listen to your other songs because of how good the set was. Yeah. And he was just so polite and nice. And he was like, Oh no, man, it happens. You know, it's, he's like, I'm just glad that somebody else heard it. You know, like yeah. just an absolutely genuinely super awesome guy. That's and, awesome. Uh, but I also felt like super awkward. I was like, I probably should have phrased that better because I walked <laughs> in the room. Like I was like, Hey, I don't know who the hell you are, but uh, hey, I don't you like know. you, but now I, I guess you're okay. Yeah, I was like, your your music's really good, even though I know who the fuck you were before I got here. And he's probably like, thanks, I guess. You know, but he was so good. I mean, just just phenomenally good. And now he's, you know, like he's on heavy rotation for me. So that's awesome. Wait, is he just a solo artist? Because I I don't know of him. Yes, so he's a solo artist. So there's a funny thing about. Him. So apparently he's been around a very very long time, and he's a solo artist, but he also has a band. So uh, their full name is Kevin Devine and the Goddamn Band. Okay. Um, and the only reason I even knew of kind of his existence is because a guitarist from a different band that I do like left that band to go join the Goddamn Band and play right. for two years on tour. But he's been like, he's an acoustic artist that just kind of like exists. Like he mm-hmm. doesn't like fit in a genre of anything. It's hard to describe really what he does. And they've made jokes about that. Like they've talked about all these different you know concerts will be it'll be like Lollapalooza and it's like oh we've got you know it's like all these indie bands and we have this blah 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 and it's like and Kevin Divine because they're like <laughs> we don't know how to categorize them you know <laughs> and it's just kind of always how it ended up but his first like two or three albums are really good like a lot of his stuff now is very very political um which is not necessarily a bad thing but it's not um like music's usually my escape on stuff yeah and he's pretty straightforward about it where like I feel like you listen to futures by Jimmy eat world and you yeah. may not know that song is about an election. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Kevin divine basically says like, you guys are pumping oil and you're criminals. And, you know, and I'm like, Oh, okay. This is getting real deep. I was like, this is, this is like rage against the machine category, but with an acoustic guitar. Can we go back to the Jimmy eat world uh, and futures is about an election because I did not know that. And oh, I yeah. have, I have a couple things about that, but please tell me about that. I guess yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, so the song futures, and I can't remember even how I found this. Um, oh no, I take it back. I remember. So if you know, as a Jimmy world fan, you know, that, that Jim Edkins, is that his name? The lead singer, of Jimmy world. He has, or had a podcast. Did he really? He did. And he would get a lot of like musicians that I like because he's toured with, you know, he's they've been a bunch like, of people over the years. Yeah. They've been, they've been around for 25 yeah. plus years something at this point. And they've been touring with these bands and they started from like very humble beginnings and got picked up. So like they're, you know, he's got indie artists that I listen to that are on and I'm listening to one 
and I can't remember like how it came up, but I was reading an interview and he was plugging this podcast um, or something to that effect. And he's talking about the premise of futures and how it's about an election. And, and, but I never picked it up, but if you listen to lyrics, Hey, I always believed in futures and pray for better Novembers. Mm-hmm. So the idea is like, Hey, let's hope that like this the next November, one we get it right. Correct. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, you completely changed the song for me. It doesn't change the fact that like when it kicks on, they're like, bana, 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 yeah. bana. like I'm, I'm, I look insane to the person next to me in the car as I'm like doing the, like, <laughs> like I the love riffs. you man status. I'm like licking my hands and staring. <laughs> like, <"Ugh,"> you know? <laughs> All right. So, so good. Uh, when Stephanie and I first got together, uh, we, we were like, it was very early on in the courtship process, but like there was one night when her and I and Adriana, a previous guest, uh, went out to the hard rock. Um, we were at the, um, the Oasis, which is the outdoor area, which doesn't yeah. exist anymore, but we went to Murphy's law and we were, wait, what? Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. No, no, that's, Oh, I forgot. You don't live here anymore. Uh, the I Oasis, don't. that whole outside area is gone. hundred percent oh gone. There's it's completely gone. Like nothing. Um, uh, I had so many bad nights there though. Oh yeah. Me too. <laughs> but I had a couple of great nights cause that's where Stephanie and I reconnected on a couple awesome. of, uh, a couple of occasions. But uh, there was one night when her and I went there with uh, Adriana and uh, we were out drinking and we, and we came back to the car. I was uh, designated driver ish. And okay. um, we got back to the car. It's, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning. Adriana is just outside of the car getting sick in the parking lot. And Stephanie and I are in the front and passenger seats. And that song came on and I kind of took that as my cue, like, you know, futures and that's when I asked her to be like exclusive to be uh, essentially my girlfriend at that point and just not date anybody else, just to be exclusive and, you know, be together. She said, yes. Right. She did. Okay. I think, I just think so. sure. I hope so. <laughs> Otherwise the past 10, 11 years have been weird. <laughs> hey, you know, Shannon, and I got married on April fool's day. So I'm oh. still waiting for the day that she's like, ha ha. <laughs> Jokes you. on you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, we're two kids deep. What? <laughs> it's like, we have a mortgage. <laughs> um but no after well, um and i hope and you know our, that that song's about uh george w bush so congratulations <laughs> well not to us because as soon as we got married and walked down the aisle that was the song that i that i picked because oh, we always so believed awesome. it we always believed in futures that was that's kind of it for us but we're not taking it as an election but that's that's it's such a that's good it song <laughs> it is it is just like it is an absolute like that's one of those ones that um I think like a, it's one of those, like a new year songs for me. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time I would listen to jet black new year by Thursday, which is way less hopeful Mm -hmm. than Jimmy world's (laughs) futures, but futures comes on. It's just, I realize I talk about November, but it's just, it's the, like the vibe bit, the energy, the, like, there's a lot of positivity to it. And that's what I like about that song. So, and of course, like absolutely just bitching guitar part. I remember playing that song at Falcon, um, at the Falcon pub where Stephanie and I actually, like, she actually noticed me again, like for the first time after so many years, ye uh, old Falcon pub, ye old Falcon pub, ye old um, Falcon pub. where they would have rock band, uh, Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Thursdays. And like for years, we, m- my friends and I would go at, like twice a week. And it was, it wasn't even a question like, like, Hey, are you going to Falcon? Like, yes, we're obviously going to Falcon. Pub. Like, 
and I remember when Futures came out as like a, a DLC for that game, I was just they had an entire Jimmy World like DLC, and, and Futures was was one of them, and I was so excited. Didn't Rafe was, used to go to that too? Yeah, Rafe was Rafe was yeah. part of our crew. I, um, I remember that man. I remember those days of uh, of ye old Falcon Pub. I think the problem is usually it was like I worked in restaurants, so yeah. I mean, Somebody a lot, says, a lot of them worked Falcon? in like the service industry, so like we wouldn't go to like. 10 30 11 o'clock at night and yeah. like steph and i even like nowadays joke like we're in bed at 9 15 9 30 sometimes oh i know and it's glorious and, yeah and she's like do you remember when we used to like go out at 10 o'clock and i'm like yeah we were like mid-20s and you know no kids we we were stupid and Did it I was it was amazing i was in a restaurant that didn't close till one so by the time you finished cleaning got out it was maybe earliest 1 30 most of the time close to two so the bars that you find at two are not always the preferred open bars at 2 a.m yeah that's and that's it was a, at sunrise yeah that's that's a nice way of putting it <laughs> yeah so like you end up at quarter deck if quarter deck still open and you'll be like well i got an hour here and then quarter deck closes and you're like i think fridays is open till three and then you go to fridays and then you're like i think we could go to Geronimo's and then you're in Geronimo's and then it's 4am and you're like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) And then Geronimo's would close at five. Uh, No, four, four, four. Yeah. They close. And then they're not there anymore, by the way. I know. I heard about that. I mean, they're still around. They, they move though. It's a, they are both a staple and a detriment to the community. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good for you sense. geronimo's you're you're walking a line yeah geronimo's <laughs> is the best worst thing that ever existed <laughs> so then geronimo's close at four and then andy's lounge and package would close andy's, at five that's right it's andy's. so disgusting in that place andy's is andy's is uh hepatitis of four walls and a roof i think i, I don't ne- know <laughs> i never went to andy's actually i never went to i went to geronimo's like one time but uh, but I was told that, and that was when like we were partying heavy and hard at Falcon, which closed too, and they yeah. wanted to go like our friends wanted to go somewhere else, and I'm like I'm going home, um, and it's close too. That's the worst part. When, yeah, like if you made the move the to Geronimo's, yeah, like like shit's about to go down. <laughs> like I can't even tell you how many times I'd walk in, you'd see people like I would see people I hadn't seen in years, and they walk over and like oh, you know, like they're looking at me shocked, and I'm like, Dennis. You know, like they, it was like they saw a ghost, and uh, and then it dawned on me. I was like, they're here probably every other day, and yeah. I just I've missed them on the day that they're here. Yeah. Um, what I doing did like, cocaine in the bathroom? <laughs> probably. <laughs> what I did like, by the way, about Andy's Lounge and Package, which is terrible to say this, you're not supposed to go in until you're 21, if I remember right, because of their liquor business. laws and all that. Yeah. But if you were 16 and managed a skirt in there, they had a cigarette machine. <laughs> so <laughs> nice so like you know there was always a, like don't smoke cigarettes are bad for you but yeah, at 16 you, yeah you're like oh this is a great idea and you can just go in and they just they look at you as you're like you know putting five dollars on the machine like they don't really care there's it is lawless place <laughs> I've, I've wanted you on the show for quite a while and one of the Thanks, reasons <laughs> oh i do love you <laughs> um one of the reasons primarily was because I've always wanted to talk about Boy Meets World with you. What is Boy Meets World? 
Boy Meets Share World is a show <laughs> that was on in the early to mid 90s, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's about a boy uh, growing up in the Who world. meets the world. That's it. <laughs> the end. It was a it was a small man show. meets planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you and you and I um, even even before we were close um, spoke about Boy Meets World for for years. Oh, yeah. For years we had. And and I remember um, a long time ago, you had told me that you had met your Topanga when it came to Shannon. Oh, and yeah. that, and that was something that had always stuck with me. And, and after, after high school and after college and everything, like um, just watching Boy Meets World after I got out of work and I'd watch it in the morning time. And even when I was younger, like I would watch Boy Meets World all the time. That was something that really resonated with me. I recently went back and watched the series from beginning to end when I had the time to do so. That's it's on Disney plus, by the way, it is on Disney plus. And I started watching at the very beginning and the, the themes and how they perform the show is so good. And it's something that would, that still carries today. Like the, the clothing and everything is a little off because it's from, from, you know, mid nineties and everything, but just how they carry the show is so good. You and I have gone back and forth on this because I think I don't think the later years hold up nearly as well. Like I think like last college or I'm sorry, last couple high school years and the college years get like a little like it gets goofy. Right. Because I think they made Eric's character like a little too Eric's character earlier in the season is like a lovable, stupid person. Yeah. And then when he hits college, they just made him a stupid person. Yeah. Completely goofball. Yeah. As opposed to like the the popular uh but like airhead yeah yeah like he went from being like an airhead to just being like an idiot yeah and so so like i hated that character change of stuff but i think from the perspective of like as a dad going and watching the first couple seasons now like for one hit me very hard because i think you know when you're a kid you relate to the Corey matthews and yeah. like now as an adult i relate to alan matthews, alan matthews yeah big time <laughs> big big and, time yeah. And like, I think there's one episode in particular where they talk about like, they want to take a vacation or something. And Alan's, uh, you know, he works at a grocery store rep and they're talking about, he's a you know, grocer. These wonderful... he, yes, a grocer. He is a, he's the manager at a grocery store. <laughs> I actually do still work with food. So I do work with distributed distribution reps. So the irony is, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, but he is a grocer who runs a grocery store in Philadelphia and like they talk about they don't get to take this vacation and you know he's like well why doesn't dad just get another job and they and then they show like the background of stuff where like alan's going through the trials and tribulations of like wanting to quit his job but keeping his job because he's doing what he needs to do for his family mm-hmm. and like you watch that now and you're like oh yeah it's i think every bad day at work you think like f this i can quit but you don't because you're you know like we would always get by just fine but my thoughts always the family right so yeah so I think it resonates totally different. I also think some of the themes on those first episodes were surprisingly deep. Like yeah. they do the, the, like they do a racism episode real early in, right. With, a um, uh, the girl that Eric's saying, uh, Linda, yes, she's, yeah, she's an, she's an Asian girl and she gets right. They say, they say stuff to her at the mall. And then, uh, it's funny. That's right. I remember Linda because of Morgan, Linda, Linda, Linda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how I remember the name. What's wrong it's with fun. Linda? But then they, they go over Anne Frank that episode, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it's real deep for a, like a kid's television show. And, you know, I just I, I think those first couple of years are great. Although I do also have to say that I think uh, even as an adult, one thing I do love about the final episode is 
Feeney says, mm-hmm. I want you to go out into the world and do good. Mm-hmm. And they say, don't you mean well? And he yeah, says, no, do good. Do good. Yeah. Absolutely. I still love that. I love it as an adult. I think it's just, if there's any lesson to take with you in anything, like go try and be the good that you want to see. Yeah. And I'm like, I learned this from a, I mean, obviously I learned something from my parents, but, but mainly from a TV show. Yeah. In the 90s. But like that, that show had so, so many fantastic themes. And like you said, in the beginning episodes, like just, if you haven't watched it in a while, um, or if you've never watched it at all, go back and watch the first three episodes and you kind of see like where where they had the idea of the show and yes it did evolve into into certain things and you and i disagree in in the later excuse me later seasons Mm. when they did turn eric into kind of a buffoon there's they're still funny and that's what i like about them but you're right they they changed it completely but go back and and watch the first few three episodes and the very uh, depth of the show is something that I don't remember. It's something that I never even got before. Like in, in specifically in that one episode with the racism and, um, and later on when like Corey sees that and like how racism, racism is still a factor in, in the world that they're living in. It's not just something that they read about in books that happened, you know, 50, 60 years ago, it's still very prevalent. And he goes up to Sean. Oh yeah. I remember that. I was, was going like, to say, he's like, Oh yeah. What? <laughs> Like, I didn't even know that racial slur at the time. And I'm like, that's, that's how pretty I offensive. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, and, and again, but, uh, but the premise of what he does in that, because I remember that scene, he's like, what he's, he's like, oh, he's like, I'd slap you silly. He's like, what if you could, he's like, what if you could, couldn't do anything about it? He's like, what if that's happening? And that's the premise of this book. And I was like, oh, it's a really, it's a that's really deep. good way. Exactly. That is to, so to, like for you and I being like 12, 13, 14, 15. I don't like, even think we were that old. We're probably like eight, like, yeah, ah, like wide eyed at what's going on in this. Is Sean and Corey going to fight now? I don't know what's going on. Like, I never got that back then. I never got the, the depth no. of what they were trying to convey. And, and well, I think another great point in that show that I think probably is more relatable to kids. And I think definitely way now as an adult too, is like the inequity between the like Corey and Sean mm-hmm. and if you think from the perspective of like Corey thought they were broke because they couldn't take a vacation yeah and Sean lived in a trailer whose dad was gone yeah. and like that's a running joke we're like yeah dad took the house so I have to go stay with someone yeah you know like and for one I think a great premise in that is judging somebody by their like by their character and who they are as a person and not their status which I think right. is a huge thing and I, I love that they touch upon that in the world because i think like think about cooper city right cooper city is i don't think there's anybody who's like particularly poor in cooper city yeah but there are some areas that are like you know L- less than wealthy let not less embassy creek and more you know 90 original avenue. 90th avenue yeah yeah I, I totally agree like and i it's funny we're in what an apropos statement <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i like how we both landed exactly where we, yeah, exactly. Where we were going with that right so but you get the point of like when you think back on high school what was your first car? Uh, 2000 Monte Carlo SS. Okay. Which was handed down to me, to be honest, at like 100,000 miles on it. And, so. and that's and that's fair. You know, like my first car was a 1991 Nissan 240SX. I remember. Uh, with uh, door damage when I bought it. So, uh, what, wait, wasn't your AOL screen name like uh, Andre 240 Nissan, or something? It, it was Nissan 240SX. Yeah, no, I remember. <laughs> 
I was, I, I managed to get the screen name Nissan 240SX, which I wish still existed because that's pretty awesome that I managed to get that. <laughs> but again, like I had this old car and, uh, and you know, there were kids that were pulling through and like brand new Mustangs and Jettas and Passats and like all the stuff that their parents bought them. So it was like, it was a very awkward place to be that like, we always got by just fine. And like that we were what seemed to be normal. And then people had like three or four car garages and stuff yeah. <laughs> and we all went to the same place. So I, I always appreciated that perspective of like, even on the show, this is something that they point as like a reality. Cause I think probably more often than not where people live and grow up, like you're pigeonholed to your area. And maybe you don't even realize that there are people that live in different income brackets and different yeah. races. And like, you know, I love that about boy meets world though, because especially with Corey, like Corey saw Sean as his best friend. Like it didn't matter what he always family good in him yeah it, it didn't matter what what the financial status was it was yep. he saw his best friend as his best friend like somebody that always had his back somebody that all that would always look out for him and that had good in his heart didn't matter where he came from or, or what his financial status was it didn't matter just like like you and i would would think the same thing it doesn't matter if, if you have no money or a bunch of money it doesn't matter so long as he's judging him on his character and that's and that's what what i always loved about the relationship well and you know what so to piggyback off that what i love too is if you notice that it was almost like uh the pair of them always had i don't want to say a jealousy but you could always tell like they always looked at the other person's intrinsic value a different way we're getting really deep in boy meets world so i'm sorry for getting so <laughs> no i love there. this this is awesome <laughs> but you gotta I mean like sean loved it Corey had this like stable family and like stable home in his mind like Corey had the stuff that was his ideal world, like pleasantville right? kind of life correct right and then Corey always looked at sean as in like Sean has the attention from people and he's popular and like people like him and he's got the good looks and like his hair is nice. Like, so you think it's almost like people look at their own flaws and they don't see all of the good that's in themselves or what they've got going on in their lives. And that show was always good about somebody being that balance of hoping to show them what value that they have and what they bring and yeah. like all the wonderful things in their life. Exactly. Like, you know, not that Sean's only value is like his hair, but, but he was a good person, you know, like, yeah, favorite episode still, by the way. And this is, I always felt like Danny Alice was my Sean because, you know, like we'd been friends since we were, I don't know, 11, I guess, or 12 mm-hmm. maybe. And, you know, Danny was like played football and was popular and like Danny got invited to parties and I would find out about them from Danny. Uh, I, I've never know. met Danny Alice. I don't know. I've never said hello to him, I, but I know who you're talking about. Perfect yeah. example of like the popular kid or whatever. But I, but you, but you remember, like I always hung out with Danny. I hung out with Danny for forever, you know? Yeah. And, and Danny was always my Sean. And I always think about, there's an episode where Corey gets invited to a party and it's like the cool party. And it turns out that Sean didn't get invited to the school party. And he's like, yeah. well, that's not right. And he shows up and it turns out that the it's girls, a nerd party. Yeah. The girl's parents changed the guest list or something like that. So it was only nerds. And, uh, and then well, Corey, like, shows up to chubby's and then sean's there and it's like all the cool kids are hanging out at there and he's like well you know you're he's like you're with the cool party and sean's like well let's go he's like why are you gonna go why are you gonna leave your own party he's like i don't care he's like i don't care that this is a popular spot like he he just wanted to hang out with his friends yeah oh that would be the cool thing to know he's like no shut up all i want to do is hang out with my friend yeah i want to watch it again (laughs) (laughs) it's so good i mean like right sean's going through turmoil at home and you have 
I can't remember that season two or three, but like, you know, Sean lives with them for a little bit. And like, mm-hmm. there's a running joke that I think it's season three. Cause it's before, um, maybe it's, it's the introduction of Mr. Turner and stuff like that, but yeah. But I always, I always love that. And again, like I think back as an adult uh, or as a kid on my own parents, like whenever my friends managed to get kicked out or get in a fight, like our house ended up being the house that they went to. Mm-hmm. And this is like for every generation, like my oldest brother's friend, when he got kicked out, like, I remember this, like Joey came and lived with us for two weeks. And then like when my brother, Alex's friend, Johnny got kicked out, Johnny came and lived with us for two weeks. And then like, you know, Mark Flores for years, like him and his mom had a, a difficult relationship and his mom was finally like moving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, he just need to finish high school. And he lived with us for two, three weeks, you know, like, and I think back at that, I'm like, my parents were taking in just strays, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and, but, but seriously, good on your parents for like being, being that for, for them when, when they needed somebody that's, that's I, huge. I, that's awesome. I think it's incredible. I agree. But again, when you, you don't, I guess you don't, I feel like you don't think about that the same way now as an, as a kid, as you do an adult, like how big that is, like you're taking on the responsibility of somebody else's kid. Yeah. And it's not even that it's somebody else's responsibility. It's that you're, you are taking on the responsibility of looking after someone like Mm -hmm. they're, they're now more or less their welfare is in your hands. And I, and I think that's incredible that my parents are like, Hey, you know what? These people are important to my kids and they're, I know who they are and I want to see what's best for them. So I'm going to just try and help out. And I like, I love that they address that in the show because it happens, you know, Alan's like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. And, and they take them in. And then of course, like there's a running joke. It's like three or four episodes in that Sean's like, you know, we're in their bathrobe and just yeah. driving them bad shit, <laughs> which is probably what realistically happens. Yeah. But I just, you know, I just, I always appreciate that. And that was an adult. I go back and look at the stuff and I'm like, oh my God, my parents are totally had so many Alan and Amy moments and I was probably a little shit about it and didn't realize like how awesome <laughs> parents I had, but it's also like, I think it, again, the perspective changes. So to me, it changes the template of like, who's the dad I want to be? Like, mm-hmm. who's the person I want to be when my kid gets that point? You know, if my kid's like, Hey, I got my friend, my friend, Freddie's a dipshit and got kicked out. Can you live here on the couch for three weeks? Like <laughs> I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm there for them too. And to be yeah. that person. And like, I want my kid to be able to trust me and come to me and have those moments. So did you ever, um, have you watched the show recently? Uh, probably about a month ago, I'd right. say. Because um, I, when I was doing my rewatch, and I'm serious, I would love to go back and watch it again. Um, because every time that I would see Alan, the dad, on screen, um, he would, at the time when I was watching it, I would say, this is the kind of dad that I want to be. He's, he's smart in how he approaches situations. And for what it's worth, going a little, little off topic, but, um, the dad from Bluey, if, if, if your son has not yet watched it, I have, I I have no idea seal- what he's saying in that show at all. <laughs> but when this song starts, they're like, my kid loses his shit and he is dancing and I'm happy because he is like, literally start hugging. It's like, and I'm like, my kid's excited. And I'm like, that's cool. Wait, have you paid attention to that show though? Um, the only one episode that I saw was one where they were, it was probably, it's one of the earlier ones where they're like climbing on the dad and they're taking turns doing Mount something. Mama dad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I watched that show obviously way Quite too much. Yeah. Um, but, but whenever my daughter asked to watch it, I immediately say, yep, you can absolutely watch it because I want to watch it too. If, if I can, um, 
And the reason that I say that is because it is, and kind of coming back to what we were saying earlier, I want to mention it before uh, we stopped watching um, YouTube altogether uh, when my son was born. So it's been over a year that she's watched YouTube at home. We completely cut it out. She watches it at grandma's because we've had little control over that, but we've completely cut it out because there was no learning there. It was all, and she was watching stuff that was not good and, and I didn't like it. So we cut it out completely. And we switch to other things. Like you want to watch like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Cool. A little bit. And then you go play. But it was, we tried to focus it more on, on playing as opposed to just sitting there as a vegetable watching TV. Yep. However, Bluey, um, the things that they do and how it's every episode is a lesson uh, and how to deal with things. And a lot of them are for, for parents. And some of them have very very parent centric themes. Like for example, there's an episode where uh, the two kids, Bluey and Bingo are uh, doing the story of their mom, Chili their, mm-hmm. uh, and how she was you know, a kid. And then she got pregnant. And there's, there's a part in the episode where they, they have a baby in the belly. It's a balloon. And then the ba- and the balloon pops, like they're playing too much. And the balloon pops. And they cut to the mom and dad and the dad very gently, very subtly puts his hand on the mom's hand Mm. and it's kind of showing. Yeah. She had a miscarriage prior to the oldest kid. It's, it's not, it's not really spoken of, but it is very clear that that's what happened. And the dad sees that and he immediately goes to comfort her without scaring the kids because they obviously don't know about that. And that was such like a big thing for me. And I was, I was like, this show is way, way more like it's not, not a, in a boy meets world kind of way, but like in a, a subtlety, there's yeah. a, there's a subtle deepness. To it's, it. it's so, so geared towards parents. Um, and that, and that's a very deep, deep uh, example, but there's other things in the show that are much more lighthearted and much more fun. But when I saw that and then, I was like, whoa, this is way more than I ever expected it to be. You're going to have my ass watching Bluey till midnight on my (laughs) cell phone by myself. (laughs) I, I assure you that if you give it the chance, it's worth watching. I, I showed a friend of mine when she came over um, to hang out with me and the kids and she brought her daughter along. I think I want to say she's 19. We watched a couple episodes and she watches it at home now because she's 19. And she watches at home because it is that good. She's like, the show is oh, amazing. <laughs> I do remember one that I saw the other day and it was, uh, I don't know if it's Bluey or Bingo, but somebody. Bluey's the blue one, if it helps. No, 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 no. So, so I know that. And I say that because I've, I've made a running joke. I've already said that Lucas is Bingo. And I say that because Bluey looks like dad and Bingo yes. looks like mom. Yep. And Lucas is like blonde hair, blue eyed, like, you know. Like Shannon. curly yeah it's it's <laughs> shannon like literally if you if you hold up a, a baby photo of shannon it's like oh he has slightly bigger eyes but it's shannon as a baby <laughs> so it's, it's it's eerie but it's one that i saw that like they're playing military they're like i just remember a scene where they're like walking in the field and he's like showing him like the commands and stuff like that yeah it was, the, I, it was a kid had who had adhd and and the the teacher paired him up with the kid from the military who he thought would the structure and everything would do him yep. good what I love about that episode, because I remember the kid leaves and uh, and he had, I can't remember what it was, yogurt or something like that, or, or um, like rations, whatever. whatever yeah, he was. gave him like, yeah, like, like an MRE or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. To go home. 
And, uh, and he's like, oh, where'd you get that from? He's like, oh, blah, 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 gave it from me. He got it from his dad. And they show the military kid is the way he is because his dad's obviously in the service. And right. His dad goes and picks him up. So I don't know if the intention of that episode is supposed to be like his dad's back from the service and they're showing him. But I thought it was like, what a cool little thing to show in a kid's show. You know, like this is real for a lot of kids. Like they, you know, yeah. they may see their parents occasionally because their parents are on deployment or like, you know, their parents are in the service. They're there. So I, I just, I thought that was such a cool little caveat, like a little, you know, the subtlety they threw into that show. You know? Yeah. And, and I, they do that in so many different ways. It's, it's really like, and I'm glad that Disney picked them up and I'm glad that Disney's not interfering with what they're doing because what they're doing is very Disney appropriate, but also mm-hmm. very real. I, I got to say it's it's going to be the next big the next big thing. I really really believe that it is because if they continue on with how they're doing it without any like studio studio interference, mm-hmm. they're going to get they're going to do very well for themselves and not in like a mindless SpongeBob kind of way, but in a very Boy Meets World depth kind of way. Thank you very much, Andre, for being my guest tonight. Normally, I like to give my guests the last words, but I think I'm going to take it for you and myself together and have the last words do good not do well do good love it couldn't say any better good night everybody good night daddy good night baby